Hello and welcome back to Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Darby Toth, a field representative with Western United Dairies, and I'm pleased to bring you this week's bonus episode, What is Happening with the PPD? Our very own economist, Annie Moody, brings us this member briefing and question and answer session. We hope this content answers your burning PPD questions, but if you have further questions or need any clarification, please don't hesitate to email Annie that's A-N-N-I-E at wudairies.com, or myself, Darby, D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com, or you can always call our office at 209-527-6453. So the reason for this webinar, first of all, thanks everyone for joining. Um, There's just been a lot of questions recently um, as we approach this June statement that um, just got released last week as to what the PPD was going to be. So the PPD stands for producer price differential. And that's a new feature of the um, federal milk marketing order. We didn't have that under the California system. And so it's been a learning curve um, for all of us. And especially as we get into um, this month it's particularly striking the way it hit the milk checks and so a little bit of a um explanation as to why it happens and why most people had a really big deduction on the milk check um is is i think really uh important and so since the implementation of the federal milk marketing order we've had a range of producer price differential and so you know if you look at the beginning the order started november 2018 um look at the bars you know it's positive around a dollar or so every month that producer price differential was positive and so most people really um i mean it wasn't too concerning because they added value to your milk check and so usually when that happens it's you know less likely to, to question why you get more money than um than you otherwise expected so we look over time um last fall in the fall of 2019 we actually hit our first negative ppds and by quite a bit i mean when we got to november it was negative three dollars three dollars and so that started to raise some eyebrows and we had some discussions around it but it quickly went away and you know since the beginning of 2020 we've had some negative ppds but nothing you know groundbreaking in terms of the value that was on the ppd if you just add the month of june you can see here my chart scale at to reconfigure because we had this new record negative ppd and so the the ppd was negative seven dollars and 91 cents so much higher i mean more than double what um we had seen since the you know a year ago and so obviously um that that was surprising for many people because we've been talking last month um, cheese prices are going crazy. There's a lot of improvements in the markets. And so people are expecting a much higher milk check. And then all of a sudden it's high, but then there's this deduction that really makes it not as high as what you would otherwise um, expect. And so there's a reason for that. And we'll kind of go through um, why we have the PPD. And some of that, we'll take a step back and look at uh, pooling under the California Federal Milk Marketing Order because um, it also impacts the PPD. And so just a little bit review, reminder, um, under the federal order, you know, all the class one handlers have to pool, but for the other uh, processors, they have the option whether they participate in the pool or not. And so that's a big difference from what we had under the California system because all the milk was in the pool back when we had the California system. Now with the federal order, um, there's an option. And so every month, 
um, there's a pooling decision that's made. Basically, if the handler's class price is below the blend price, you, we could call it blend price or pool price, whatever the average price is, dollars in the pool, if their class price is higher, um, they have an incentive. Uh, if it's below the blend price, they have an incentive to pool. If it's above the blend price, if their class price is above the blend price, then they have an incentive to depool. And so we'll take a little bit of a numerical example here. Um, very, I, I use good prices because nobody likes to look at uh, $10 milk. And so here's the basic of pooling. Um, you might've seen me use this chart before. I just think it's an easy visual. We look at class one, two and three, the, and four, they each have their own class price. So that's the line labeled price. And so this would have been like under the California system where you know everything would have been in the pool. You take all of these dollars from all the milk that's produced in each of these classes, you average it, and it gives you the expected blend price. So in this case here, if you average all these prices with the volume that's produced in each category, and it blends out to 21.34. If we go under the fell order where we had the scenario, and now the class three um, production, which is $22 was, if you go back here, $22 is, is higher than the 21.34. So class three plants can say, well, you know what? $22 is higher than what producers are gonna get anyway. So I might as well keep the difference between the two and I can still pay my producers 21.34 or whatever else I want. But the difference between the blend and the higher class price can be kept with the processor. And so what happens when you take the highest value milk out of the pool, well, it lowers the blend price for everybody else who is in the pool. And so if you see the, the percentages are pretty small, but now we on this chart, we had 45% milk that was class three, which is about what's produced in the state and what we had under the state order. Now, if all the milk is out at 0%, that lowered the blend price to 2080 for everyone that was left in the pool. If we take another example here, um, this is just a flip side because now we have a class three price at higher, but it can also happen for class four. If class four is higher than the expected blend, you look at this scenario here, class four processors are required to pay $23. If they wanna participate in the pool, the expected blend is 21.49. While in this situation, which handlers choose to depool, it's not class three, it's class four because their price is higher. So what happens when you take the class four out, that $23 milk, which is the highest milk out, um, then it, it would have done the same thing. I don't have the number here, but it would have brought the, the expected blend um, lower. And so we've seen really big changes in the makeup of the pool in California since we started the federal order. And that's um, this little background on the pooling is why this, this pie here has changed so much because the processors have the option to go in and out, except for class one. So if you look on the, the blue here, uh, which is class one, they don't have a choice. When you take milk out, that's one of the side benefits. If you take a lot of the other milk out, that makes your portion of class one go higher. So in California, it's probably about just 12% of the milk that goes to class one. But looking at this chart, you wouldn't be able to tell. The reason for that is because not all the milk in California is in the pool. So that makes that class one um, share be a little bit higher, which is great because class one is typically the highest uh, value milk. I say typically, not always, but it, it usually is. And so in this chart here for June, you can see that uh, we had 24% milk that was class one, class two was 8%. You can barely see class three at 0.7% there. So it's just might as well not be there, right? There's not a whole lot. 
And class four is taking 67% of the pool in June of 2020. Now we know we're not producing 67% of our milk's not going to butter and powder. But that being said, because the incentives are what they are with the class three price being so high and the class four being so low, class four has really good incentive to be in the pool, whereas class three has an incentive to stay out. And so that's why we're seeing this, um, this pie currently of what the makeup is of the uh, milk in the pool. It's not the makeup of the milk in the state, it's just what's participating in the pool because under the order, it's optional. Well, in California, that pie was, um, was really steady. And so this is just over time, the share of the different classes that have gone in the pool. And you can see the blue section, which is class one, relatively um, constant. The reason for that, they're always pooled, but if there's more milk in or out, that changes their percentage a little bit. But over time, pretty consistent. Class two is about the same. But if you look at class three, which is the gray area, when we started the different order, most of it was in the pool. And now it's opposite where we didn't have a lot of class four milk in the pool when we started the fat order, and now we have a lot. The reason for that is the price relationship between the two has really flip-flopped. So when we started the order, class four was high and class three was low, and now is a total opposite where we have class three is higher and class four is lower. And that relationship tends to be a little bit more um, common. If you look over time, uh, it's more than half the time that class three will be higher than class four but it's not a huge margin. But that what we're in now is a really an exception, but over time, class three does tend to be a little bit higher than, than class four. And just to compare, this was the what the pie looked like in California from January to October, 2018, which really is probably a good representation of where the milk in the state is going for production. So class one, again, that blue chunk, uh, class two and three, I wrote them together because under the third order, they're one class. Class four A is the yellow, Class 4B is the gray. And so we've changed this makeup, um, not because we changed our production patterns, but really because the defooling allows this to change on a monthly basis. And the reason why it's important is because that has an impact on your price, as I mentioned earlier with um, the chart on, um, on, on the little categories and how that impacted the blend price. Before I go into the details of the producer price differential, maybe I could take a little break and see if there's questions. If there's a question now, I'd be happy to take it. There's so maybe more time for How long can you depool? Oh, for a month question. or a year? So they can do, under California system, it was a yearly decision. Under the federal order system, it's a monthly decision. The only caveat is that if they depool the next month, they can only repool 110% of the month before. So let's say that you know a plant went all the way down to they only have 100 pounds in the pool. The next month they can only put 110. But if they want to take all of it out one month, they can do that, and then they can progressively go back in. But it can only be 110% of the month before. So if they have 100 pounds in June, they can only put back 110 pounds in July. And the it seems a bit counterintuitive because we, it seems like we'd want them to come in the pool, but it's a rule to prevent significant swings on a monthly basis. Whether that's really effective or not, I mean, that's a good question, but um, it really was put in place for that reason, is to prevent significant gaming of, you know, taking huge volumes without thinking about the future uh, price relationship. So you said, so to be clear, you said when you depool, you must depool for only a month. Is that correct? It's a monthly decision, correct. Okay. All right. Uh, Annie, but um, 
if I'm not mistaken, if you depool class four, you so many pounds, each month you could elect to move it to class three or back and forth. So that doesn't, that takes away the bringing it back at a certain time. You, it, so a co-op could leave a, like 20% of their production depooled and move it in and out of class three with no repercussions. Is that well, correct? Yes. So for co-ops that have both class three and four, it does um, afford them a lot more flexibility. So if you were just a cheese plant, for example, you, you know, your volume would always be on the cheese. But if you have both, if you have class three and four, it doesn't really matter where you put the milk, that percentage does change. And so for a co-op that has, or a plant, you know, a company that has, uh, you know, for your co-op example is accurate. If you have both, you can basically circumvent that uh, repooling rule because you can move the milk from one category to the other. Did I see correctly that since the federal order, most class three plants have had their milk depooled? Is, is that correct? So if you go back, um, I don't know if I can go back on my slide here. Yes, I can. Okay. Um, if you see this, this chart here, you can see that at the beginning of the federal order, the class three milk was pooled, but if you, you know, starting summer 2019, most of the class three milk was out of the pool. So yes, it was depooled. And, and some of it too, plants have the option if they don't wanna play that monthly game, I mean, it's not really a game, but it, it's a monthly decision. Uh, plant could decide to be outside of the pool all the time you know they, they could have some milk that they choose to always leave out of the pool so that you know they don't need to make the decision on a monthly basis but a lot of them do because it's you know it's advantageous if your class price is below why not participate in the pool and get some revenue out of the pool if my milk is at, at, is at cdi or lando lando lakes in california generally speaking what was the difference in my price this year, this this month versus what it would have been in the California milk pool. Well, jumping right to the the conclusion here, um, that I mean that's a very valid question, um, and I, I I figured this question would come up, so I did an estimate of what the California system's price would have been um, in June. If you look at the regulated price, it looks like the California price would have been about four dollars and fifty cents higher in the month of June. And there's two reasons for that. One is because all the higher value cheese milk would have been in the pool, so they would not have been able to be outside the pool. And also because the California system used CME prices and those prices have been going faster than the USDA price, it would have raised the class 4B price faster than the class 3 actually went up. And so now that being said, it would have been higher in June. I have you know, I've been conducting this price survey. I think a lot of plants, a lot of co-ops um, and proprietary processors have increased the premiums they paid in June versus months before. And so I think that made up some of that, realizing that, um, you know, the market's going up and producers are not getting any value. The, the co-ops, for example, who are gaining on this depooling game can choose to pass those dollars back to producers. And we've seen um, we've seen a lot of that in June. So it's not, you know, that 450 difference is really on the regulated price. So if that, that's your question, um, I, I would estimate it at 450 in June. But I think ultimately on the check, most people that difference will be a lot smaller than that. And even for some people, 
um, who are paid directly on cheese milk, I think their their price would have been is higher right now than it would have been under CDA. Whose pocket is my four dollars in? So if your milk check, if you, if your milk check has, doesn't have like a big premium, and you know you have the full negative PPD, um, and you don't have a big premium, then it's your processor is basically the difference compared to if you had the regulated system in California that would have been required to pay you that. Thank you. Yep. Okay, so I will jump in the, the PPD because I think these questions are kind of getting, um, I think it's kind of relevant to you, um, the, the PPD here. So I will jump into that and I will unmute here in a few more slides uh, to get to questions. So mute, yes, okay. I think I got it. Okay, so back into, um, I was past this. Okay, so the producer price differential. Big definition here. Um, basically, what it means is that producers in, in federal orders are paid uh, per pounds of butter fat, protein, and other solids at class three value. And the PPD is the adjustment to that value relative to the value of the milk in the market. So I'll give an example because I think the definition um is not doesn't mean a whole lot so as the basics the producer price differential if the value of the pool is equal to class three so let's say that our average pool price if you take all the classes if that's equal to the class three price you would have no ppd if the pool value is greater than the class three price you have a positive ppd and if the pool value is lower than the class three price you have a negative ppd so we'll take an example um, to go a little bit into the, the June situation, what happened. So let's just say that this circle here, um, let's just take a, a circle, and those are the pool dollars available. So it could be any amount, but this is the amount of money that's available in June. Class three price was really high, and the FMMO pays on class three. So this is what they paid. This giant circle here is what everybody got paid on the component prices. If you look at your statement, you'll see that you know your fat, protein, other solids were paid on class three price components. Class three has been through the roof, which is great. Uh, but unfortunately, USDA paid you all that money. And really in the pool, they only had this portion here. And we talked about the pooling earlier. What they're paying you on is not even in the pool. So it's not even a representation of the pool dollars available. And so somehow they need to account for that because they paid you all that money and the pool as, you know, they paid you this giant circle, the small circle is the, the pot of money available, that doesn't work. Um, you know, in, in Sacramento, we see that all the time, there's funds available, small circle, giant circle, what the plan will cost, and somehow they magically make the two merge, right? But FMMO, a little bit more rational, they have to make those circle uh, match. And so go back to June, we have these pool dollars available. Um, what you get paid on component is this really big amount of money that's higher than what really FMMO can afford. So what they do is um, they take the dollars out of the PPD through the PPD, so it's like red area, to bring it back to what the number should be to match the dollars available in the pool. I don't know why in the first place they don't just pay the pool dollars available. Like in California, you know, they calculated all the class prices, all the volume, they averaged it out, and then they paid the average pool price somehow in the FMMO, they decide to pay on class three and then make this adjustment. Somebody at some point maybe thought it was a fun accounting procedure, uh, but that's how, that's how it works. And so I put in red because 
this time, um, the cost free price was so high, they had to um, reduce the value paid uh, to producers. So if we took another example where, you know, if you go back a few months when the PPD was positive, uh, when the class three price was lower, the pool dollars available was this big pot, and then you got paid on USDA uh, class three prices, which was not a really high price. Well, to make up for that, because there's a lot of dollars in the pool, then you get it on your milk check through a positive PPD. And so it's really just an accounting procedure that it would be a lot simpler and a lot less headaches, I think, on reading your statement if they just pay the average price. But the way it works is just uh, an adjustment to what was available in the pool. And so, it's, you know, USDA is not taking money to pay for administrative fee. It's just really, I mean, they do take a small administrative fee, but that's not what is costing the, um, the PPD uh, changes here that we've seen in the last, um, last month. And really what causes the larger the PPD that we see is the difference between class three and class four. Class four being the second largest you know, production. So that's for California. Um, if you look here at um, the difference between class three minus, class four minus class three, like I mentioned, when we started the order, you know, go back late 2019, um, you have um, a, a positive uh, class four minus class three because class four is higher. And now going June, class three is way higher than class four. And so we've got this negative difference between class four and class three. And if you look at the PPD, they, and, and I purposefully put my charts a little bit um, uneven, so I apologize for people who like things straight, um, but it's just to show the zero line really close to each other. So you can see that they're highly correlated. I mean, they're not the same. Sometimes you'll have one that's higher than the other and the PPD will go in the other way. You know, you see that in January here where the PPD was positive and um, that the class four was, uh, the class three was higher. But overall, you can see a really strong relationship between these two. And the reason is because if you paid really high on class three and the class four is not contributing anything, well, not anything, but like a much lower value to the pool, USDA has to um, adjust for that through the, um, through the PPD. And so those two are really correlated. And so on any given month, if you're looking at class prices, you're like, oh, I wonder what the PPD will be next month. Um, I mean, getting the actual number is a little bit harder, but you can get a pretty good idea whether it's gonna be positive or negative, and if it's gonna be a, a big one or a small one, just by looking at the relationship between class three and class four. And so if we go to, you know, specifically the month of June, what we've seen, uh, the class three was really high at 2104. Um, you saw the announced blend price from USDA was 13.13, which is a little bit better than last few months, but not as much as you would expect with such a high class three price. But because none of the class three was in the pool, USDA had to adjust the blend price, or you can call it pool price, the same thing, um, down by $7.91. And that is at LA. And so that's another feature of the um, federal milk marketing order is that there's different um, regional differences in what uh, producers are paid. And so the seven, negative 791 is in LA, which is the, the base zone. You know, it, it doesn't have any location adjustment, but you have to add to the PPD a location adjustment depending on where your milk goes. And so the negative PPD on your milk check would have been a range between, likely, between negative 791 up to 840, negative 841, if your milk is shipped, for example, to Tulare, which is the lowest um, location differential. And you know, processors have the option to, to 
charge the whole PPD or not. Um, it's not like a mandatory, um, you know, if they're not participating in the pool, they can really pay what they want under the federal order. And, you know, we've seen in June, from what I've seen, a lot have paid the actual, have not paid, taken out the actual PPD, but they've compensated some with um, a premium on some of the dollars that they've gained from that depooling game that I mentioned earlier. So this is kind of where we're at with June milk. And to further uh, compound the problem of this low blend price is even the class one price was low in June because class one is priced in advance. And so the May prices, the beginning of May was what was used to price class one for June. And so the higher increase in prices had not started to kick in yet. And so even the, the, um, the dollars coming from class one in June weren't high. Now, the July price for class one is significantly higher because it used the first 10 days um, of June to price it. And so those higher dollars will keep uh, moving in, but there's a lag because the way that uh, class one is priced is in advance. And so the first part of June is what is used for the class one July price. Whereas when you look at the class three June price, well, those are the June prices that are used in it. So it's the actual month. So it can create a little bit of a lag. And so as we go into July, um, we already know that um, the class one value is higher. The class three is actually looking higher, close to $24. So we're still gonna have a negative PPD, but everything is shifting upward. So that blend price uh, should also be going um, upward, which is you know the, the positive in all this. I put a few terms here um, just because I've, it's just F FMMO lingo or things you might um, hear. So I just mentioned the statistical uniform price. That's what USDA refers to. It, you could call it the blend price. You could call it the pool price. I think these three could be used mostly in, interchangeably. That's what they announce um, on the minimum regulated price. And that's when they announce it, it's at LA. And so I mentioned that location differential, that 1313, you would have to take 50 cents to get your you know, regional uh, blend. And again, that's where your milk goes, not where your dairy is located. So if you're in Chilari um, and your neighbor ships in Chilari and you're in Chilari and you ship to LA, your price might have a 50 cent difference just because of that location differential. Now your transportation costs obviously be higher, but that's an incentive that the federal order put in place to incentivize milk to move to higher, um, um, higher fluid use areas typically. Now the all milk price is something that um, is used nationally. It's not necessarily related to the federal order. It's what USDA used to measure what is the price paid to producers across the country and they do it regionally. I've been using it on our newsletter for the forecast just because under the federal order, there's a lot more variation now in what producers are paid and I think in June, I've seen a range of about eight to $9 from the lowest pay to the highest, which I've never seen in our California system. I mean, this is really um, a new thing with the federal order because it allows such a discrepancy between what people are paid. So the almost price is really the average of what all the producers are paid in the state. And so that would be the California almond price. USDA releases uh, those numbers on a, a monthly basis, you know, after the fact to kind of monitor where price is going in each region. So that almond price would take into account, you know, the, the pooling distribution in the area, um, the premiums that are paid. It would take really, it's the average prices that's received by producers. And the overbase price is a no longer use terms really. Um, it was under the California system. That was the price of non-quota milk. It was kind of the minimum pay price that we used as a benchmark in the state, but now we don't really um, 
use that term anymore unless we're trying to do comparison of what the overbase would have been versus the um, the you know the the full price under the federal order. So we don't really use that anymore. But I thought that was an important thing to kind of uh, separate these things because you might hear of the statistical uniform price and the all milk price, and they're they're different things even though they're um, both calculated by USDA. Um, and yeah, so um, I mentioned, uh, well, now that I've showed the slide, I might as well have it. I put it there in case that question came up. Um, this, is, this is a slide that uh, Dr. Stevenson put together for our meetings before the federal order a few years ago. And it just shows, you know, since 2000, what would have been the incentive for each of these classes to pool or not pool milk? And that's what I was referring to earlier. If you look in the red section in, um, in the middle there for class three, um, those are the percentage time where they would have had an incentive uh, to be pulled. But if you look in, you know, most of the time in most of the zones, class three does not have um, a strong incentive, not a majority of the time. It's pretty close, not a huge margin, but most of the time has an incentive to be out. Or if you're class four, um, most of the time there's a strong incentive to pull. And the reason for that is just over time, class four is tended to average lower than the class three price. And so those were the slides I uh, prepared on the PPD, hopefully that provided some um, highlights and I will unmute um, everybody again so that we can answer questions. Annie, to go back to the deep pooling, so the decision to deep pool can be made after the prices are announced, is that correct? That is correct. Annie, you said earlier that uh, if we were still on the old price system, there would have been about a $4 spread um, in June's milk. If, if, you, if everybody's looking at their checks, it, the PPD in Tulare would have been $8.41. So if your PPD, uh, I can use Land O'Lakes because that's what I shipped to, um, was $3.75. So really Land O'Lakes paid back $4.66 of that $8.41. So actually did a little better than the spread. So when somebody I think asked about, you know, who's where the money's going in, in, in the pockets. Um, the money's all still in California. It, it's your individual co-op or independent that uh, depends on how they're depooling and what they're sharing of their profits. So um, the, the money's still there. Uh, just, just somebody like Hillmore with a cheese right now is quite a bit higher. Whereas in early, when this federal order first come in, they were actually behind because they weren't as high as class four. Um, I'm, I'm taking it that's correct or any corrections would be appreciated. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think that's what it's done is the, the pie probably hasn't changed that much. It's just been spread out a little bit more wider than what we had under the California system where the price is tend to be more uniform. Now it's it's really great what you said. So the average I calculated was 450 in June at LA area. So that'd be close to $5. Um, and so basically it sounds like you would probably been a wash under the, the system. So you're not like that much lower on your statement. And so people can look and kind of get an idea, um, but I, there's there's a wide range of what is being paid out. And so I think it, it worked out really good for you this month. Like you pointed out for the cheese guys, it's working out really good this month, but a year ago it wasn't working as good when they were, or maybe even in April actually, when the CME price collapsed, um, they felt that really quickly. Whereas, you know, some milk checks were a little bit more even. And so I, I think the, the pot of money has not changed drastically, it's just, uh, distributed a little bit differently and it creates wider gaps from a month to month depending who you ship to. So yeah, I think that's a good observation. Yeah, but Land Lakes sends a lot of their milk to Saputo. So didn't the money stay in Saputo's pocket? 
No, that's where uh, that's where the 466 came. And the, the, that's where the 466 came. Saputo uh, only can depool their direct shippers um, because it's whoever has the milk. So that's actually where Land of Lakes is doing their depooling. Uh, they're they're depooling the cheese milk that we have that goes into Saputo, keeping those funds, and that's where they're passing back the lower PPD than what's reported by the state. Right, so Saputo can make the decision on their direct shippers, but on the milk that's handled by Lando Lakes, they can make that decision and Lando Lakes could decide, they could keep that money if they wanted to, or like they did it, and apparently in this example, right, they, they made the decision to pass it back to their members. And so, because Lando Lakes handles that milk going to Saputo, they make that decision whether that milk um, goes in or out. So the, some of the dollars stayed with Saputo on whatever they decided to do. Um, actually, I haven't seen a Saputo check, so I can't confirm, you know, I'm not trying to, um, speak knowledge of the Saputo, uh, what's happening with them, but they can do what they want on their direct shippers, but Land Lakes on those contracts can handle that depooling decision. Yeah, and that works with anybody, whether, and it's for CDI also, because CDI does business with Saputo, Kraft, uh, any of them. If you handle the shippers, you're the one that has the option to depool or not, not just the processing plant. Yeah, and that is a processing decision. That's not a producer decision. So as a producer, you can't, you know, you can't decide whether you want to participate in the pool or not. That really resides with um, whoever's handling the milk. Yeah, it's the milk handler, but the third party's not. So if Kraft or Saputo, the milk that they're purchasing from Land Lake, CDI, DFA, they don't have the power to do it. Um, Land Lake, CDI, and, and DFA, Gilmore, uh, they're the ones that can decide to pool or depool, even if they're selling the milk to somebody else to process it. Correct? Yep. So Steve, did Land O'Lakes depool that milk that went to Saputo? Yeah. Um, I know this is not supposed to be just a Land O'Lakes discussion, but Land O'Lakes has built about 40-60 on how much milk goes to cheese and how much milk goes to butter powder. So Land O'Lakes pretty much has 40% of their milk depooled at all times. And whatever they're making from that, they're passing back to the producer. Um, so if class four was higher, we'd actually make a little bit more because that would be depooled to 60%. When the cheese is higher, we have 40%, that 40% that depooled and um, that milk gets passed back. But each co-op can decide how much to pass back and when to pass it back. So far, we're passing it all back, but, um, and it depends on how your co-op's built. If it only has 20% milk going to cheese plant somewhere and 80%, you probably don't play this game quite as well at the moment. Um, but if it's swapped and you had your 80% of your milk going to butter powder and you wanted to depool more, you would be ahead in that game. So it, it depends on how your co-op's built um, as to how, how it can work. Yep, absolutely. And we saw some of that when the order started and the relationship was flipped, right? Where class four price was higher, those were more heavy on the class four side, had a lot more options in terms of, you know, passing back dollars, whereas now uh, things have switched. But that's the, you know, the nature of the, the Fed order is it does allow processors, whether co-ops or proprietary, a lot, a lot of flexibilities and, and a lot more flexibility than they had under the um, the California system. And if we were still in the California system, would that we be four dollars average a uh, hundred weight higher in June, or did you do those numbers, or just curiosities? Yeah, yeah so <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get quoted on this number, um, and that's going to backfire. But um, yeah, so my estimate is about four dollars and fifty cents. Uh, it would have been 450 higher in June on the regulated price. So as the discussion we've been talking about, you know, a lot of 
people in their statement are going to get more than the regulated price this month. But if you're just looking at the regulated price, it would have been um, higher by yeah about 450 in June. So if there's um, no other questions, this meeting um, we I, we have it recording. Hopefully, um, it did record. Um, <laughs> been trying to to keep track. We probably will do like a little special maybe on the podcast. If you you're not subscribed to the podcast, feel free to um, to hop on that on your favorite platform or on Apple, Spotify. Um, and we've been trying to keep members updated on you know different means since we can't really meet in person and you know at times. It's, we get tired of reading the same thing. So uh, we've been trying to diversify. Hopefully you found this, you know, quick discussion on the PPD helpful to you, answered questions. If you have more questions, I'll hang out for a few minutes. If you wanna uh, keep asking, if something comes to mind later, you can always send me an email at annie at wudairies.com. And um, I, I think um, any, any other questions um, I'll, open it now for a few more minutes. And then, like I said, feel free to email me or call. And um, hopefully, you know, this, this uh, price relationship, um, it doesn't really matter what the relationship does. Hopefully both prices keep going up so that you know, the return on your milk check keeps going up in the next few months. So thank you for attending. Like I said, I'll hang out. If you don't have any questions, well, um, have a great day and hopefully we'll be able to do more of these in the near future. Thank you for joining. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the West United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous 2020 business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. D-A-I-R-I-E-S dot com.